to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Why don't we stand to our feet for a moment and let us pray. Let us pray. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for mercy. Lord, we thank you that you are mindful of us. We pray, Lord, as we come before you this afternoon, you also meet our needs. Give us of your spirit the great anointing, the great teacher to minister to us this afternoon. We avail our hearts for a change, Lord. Transform us. Visit us in a mighty way. And as your word comes, let it bring us healing. Let it bring us strength in the name of Jesus. May we receive refreshment through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated. And why don't we look at our scripture of the week first. Our scripture of the week, Psalm 98 and verse number 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm, his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Hallelujah. God has done mighty things, marvelous things for us. Amen. Even that we are alive and here today is a sign that God has done marvelous things for us. God is an awesome God. And God is doing great things amongst us. Hallelujah. We serve a true living God. Amen. And so when you come here, I want you to have faith in the God we serve. The only thing that is blocking you, the only thing that is blocking you from your breakthrough and from your miracle and seeing the hand of God in your life is the lack of faith. I tell you, it's a lack of faith. But if you have faith in God, you are going to experience him mightily in a very powerful way. Hallelujah. So let us read the scripture together. One, two, three, go. Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So we are in our status 527. And today, I want to share with you what it means to be called. What it means to be called. Last week I shared with you many Christians are called. Many Christians are called. And today I want to share with you what it means when we say you are called. What does it mean? What it means to be called. Amen. See, The Bible says many people are called. Many people are called by God. Many people are invited to do the work of God. But unfortunately, many people also do not know that they are called. Many people do not know that they are called. Are you listening to me? I said many people are called. 
and many people do not know that they are called. Hallelujah. And so many people are not obeying the call. Of course, if you don't know that you are called, you do not respond. Amen. Amen. Have you not been in a place and they have called your name and you didn't hear? And because of that, you didn't respond. And then someone will turn and say, are they not calling you? You see, and once you know you are the one that is being called, especially if you have gone for an interview, if you have gone for an interview and you are all sitting and waiting and you are so engrossed in your prayers and your tongues and then they come to call, they come and call your name. Joseph Wisdom. And sometimes they come because of the tension in a place, a person, Joseph Wisdom. Have you seen those people? They come out, Joseph Wisdom. And then you are sitting there. And then Joseph Wisdom. It's Joseph Wisdom here. But you are still praying. And then someone say, I didn't know calling you. And then you will jump. You see, you didn't hear. That is why you didn't respond. But the moment you hear, you jump and you respond. Many people do not know that they are being called. And so many people are not obeying the call of God. Hallelujah. That is why I'm sharing with you what it means to be called. So you understand that you also, you are called. Hallelujah. So many people are called. Many people are called. Matthew 22 and verse 14, the Bible says many are called. Not a few, many are called. Because Jesus did not die for a few people. Jesus did not die for people who are poor. Amen? Amen. Jesus did not die for needy people. Hallelujah. Jesus did not die for People who have lack. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Jesus died for the whole world. He died for the whole world. He died to save the whole world from going to hell. That is the reason why Jesus died. Amen. So the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Now, if that is the case, if that is the case, then this message must mean a lot to you. This message must mean a lot to you that many are called. If many are called, then you should understand that the likelihood that you are called is very high. And if you have not responded, then you are probably among the reason or you are one of the reasons why a few are chosen. So this message must mean a lot to everyone. It must mean a lot to you. Amen. Amen. Because if many are called and many are not responding, then it means that many people also are perishing. Isn't that so? If Christ died for the whole world and he has called many people to do his work, to share the gospel, and many people are not responding, then it implies that many people are perishing. Because many people are not responding to the call. Many people are perishing. Now, here is the danger. 
if many people are perishing, then this is dangerous. And this is what makes this message very important. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Because this can make you, this can make you a potential murderer. You can be charged with murder. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 16, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, after seven days, the Lord gave me a message. He said, son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Whenever you receive a message from me, warn people immediately. Is somebody understanding the word of God? It says, whenever you receive a message from me, warn people immediately. For I warn the wicked, saying, you are under the penalty of death. But you fail to deliver the warning. They will die in their sins. Wow. Are you reading with me? It says, if you warn the wicked, saying, you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins. That means if you do not respond to their call, if God is calling you, God is giving you a message, have you received a message? Do you have a message? Have you heard something from God? If God is giving you a message, he says, when I give you a message, you must respond immediately. And warn the people immediately. If I warn the wicked, saying you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins. And the scariest thing follows. It says, and I will hold you responsible for their death. Wow. Hey, that is dangerous. He says, I will hold you responsible for the death. Now, if you are being held responsible for death, what do we call you? You are a murderer. You are a murderer. See, you never considered yourself, you never thought you'd be charged with murder before. But God is saying that I will hold you responsible for their death. If you warn them and they refuse to repent and keep on sinning, they will die in their sins. But you will have saved yourself because you obeyed me. What a just God. Clap your hands together for the Lord. Amen. So there are many people who are waiting for you to tell them about Jesus Christ. There are many people who are expecting or they are waiting. Their salvation depends on you. Hallelujah. And as you can see from the scripture that we just read. If you share with them about Jesus Christ. If you warn them about heaven and hell. And they do not believe. That is not your fault. 
That is not your fault. Your responsibility is to tell them. Your responsibility is to deliver the message. And if you deliver the message, they can choose to do whatever they want to do with it. But you would have delivered yourself. You have delivered yourself from being charged with murder. Amen. Amen. This is a serious thing. So I'm explaining to you what it means to be called. Perhaps you have not gone to warn these people because you don't feel you are called to do this work. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So what, this mean, what it means to be called, number one, it means to be called means to be called out by name. To be called out by name. That is the first meaning of being called. To be called out by name. It means God knows your name. God knows your name and he's calling you by name. Jerry, God is calling you by name. Amen. You may think that, you know, God doesn't know your name. Some of you don't even like the name they gave you. You are contemplating on changing your name. Whatever the name is that you don't like it, God calls you by that name. Once they have given you that name, God calls you by name. Amen. So God calls you by name. God has called you by your name. He has mentioned your name specifically and he has called you. He said, Benjamin, my son. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He said, Jackie, my daughter. God has called you by name. Amen. One day in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 19, verse 1. One day Jesus was passing through Jericho. And there was a man named Zacchaeus who wanted to see Jesus. And the Bible describes him as a man of short stature. And he could not see Jesus because of the large crowd. There was a large crowd that was following Jesus all around him. And so he could not see Jesus. Amen. Because of the crowd. Because of the crowd. Hallelujah. Some of you, there, is, there, there are certain crowd of church members that prevent you from hearing your call. You don't heed to the call because of certain crowd that surrounds you. You have involved yourself in certain group of people who are also following Christ. They are also following Jesus. And because of that, you can hear a calling. There is a great call upon your life. But because of the people that are around you, you can't seem to hear the call. Amen. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but there was a crowd. Hallelujah. Amen. So there were many obstacles that prevented Zacchaeus from coming to Jesus. And I believe in your own life also, there are several obstacles that prevent you from heeding to the call of God upon your life. There are several obstacles. Some of you, your sins are obstacles. Because of your sins, you cannot heed to the call of God. Some of you, your boyfriends and your girlfriends, 
you can't do away with your boyfriends and your girlfriends and you cannot hear the call of God. You see, and when you are having boyfriends and girlfriends and you are sleeping and you are doing all kinds of things, you can't see the call of God. You can't see yourself as someone that God is calling, but I'm announcing to you that God has called you. God is calling you. Amen. You see, there are certain lifestyle when you are living, you dissociate yourself completely from holiness. But I'm telling you that no matter what you are doing, God is calling you. Because God needs you. Hallelujah. Some of you, is the worldly pleasures. Worldly pleasures. You go out Saturday night. You go out and do all kinds of things. And you come home and you see, you, you feel even remote from church. Some of, sometimes you are so drunk. Drunk that you, you feel like, I have to sleep this weekend and let the alcohol wear off. Wear off me. You know, it will not be proper. It will not be proper to be in church this week. So you want to sleep and next week you try not to drink. So you feel a little holy. To come to church. True or not true? Oh yeah. Sometimes when you fornicate, you feel that, you know, you have to take a shower for like a week, you know, and wear out, clean, and before you come to church. You see, you feel some guilt in you. This, this is not nice. This is, to go to church today, no, 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 no. It's like last night into the morning. Do you understand? It's like it entered into Sunday morning. Now, Sunday morning and coming to church, you feel guilty, so stay away for about a week or two. Let it wear off. You know? True or not true? So you can heed to the call of God. Some of you, you love money. You love money. You love money so much. And because of that, you can't serve God. You cannot heed to the call of God. You have blocked your mind to the call of God. You don't, you, you don't associate a call of God with your life. But God is calling you. I said, God is calling you. Hallelujah. If somebody understand the word of God, sometimes it's your family as an obstacle. Your family can be an obstacle. Amen. Sometimes it's your marriage. Can be an obstacle. Your children can be an obstacle. Hallelujah. Is somebody understand what I'm saying with you? But Zacchaeus, he overcame the obstacles. He overcame the thing that was preventing him from seeing Jesus. And he climbed the tree. He climbed the tree so he could see the Savior. Hallelujah. And you also need to climb certain trees in your life. I said you need to overcome certain obstacles. You need to climb certain trees in your life. Hallelujah. Yes, Zacchaeus needed to overcome these obstacles. Amen. Zacchaeus loved money. He loved money a lot. Amen. Zacchaeus did not care if the whole town did not like him. You know, he was a tax collector. And in those days, tax collectors will intentionally overcharge the people. They will make them pay excess. They will do your tax estimation and make you pay more so that he will take some money, steal some money. And 
Everyone in the town knew him. And he didn't care because he loved money. He didn't care if he was organizing a party and people didn't come. As long as he would get his money. So he loved money so much that he didn't care about the people. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He didn't care about the people. He loved money. And some people love money. Amen. Some people love money. Even Zacchaeus, the day that Christ was passing by, he told the people, today I'm not taking your taxes and I must also see Jesus. And he went and he realized still there were obstacles. So he climbed a tree that he could see Jesus. Hallelujah. He was a well-known sinner. Zacchaeus was a well-known sinner. When Jesus made his mind even to go to his house, they say he's going to be with a sinner. I mean, they were all sinners, but as for Zacchaeus, it was like a clear sinner. <laughs> it's like a well-known sinner, but Jesus called him by his name. A notorious sinner, a well-established, accredited sinner, Jesus called him by his name. Amen. And you too, no matter what you are doing, Jesus is calling you by name. Jesus is calling you by name. You may not see yourself like that. You know, you may not look at yourself like that, but I'm announcing to you, young lady, Jesus is calling you by name. Jesus is calling you by name. Hallelujah. And when he called him, he said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. He says, make haste. When Jesus calls you, it is immediate. You have to respond. It's, you have to respond immediately. It's not, let me finish school. Let me finish this course. Let me finish through my marriage. Let me finish raising my child. When God is calling you, it's immediate response. He says, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. Make haste means quickly. Come down now. Amen. And when Zacchaeus responded, he was changed. He was changed. Zacchaeus is one of my admired characters in the Bible. I'm telling you. He was, he's one of my admired characters in the Bible. He is a true representative of salvation. Zacchaeus. Amen. When he received Jesus, the moment Jesus came into his life, truly, he changed. Unlike many Christians today who claim to have Christ, but they have not changed. But Zacchaeus, when he received Jesus, we saw a change. Let us look at verse 5 in this scripture. In verse 5. Look at that. Verse 5. It says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste. You see, this is a person who is responding to the call of God. Immediately. He didn't look at the circumstances. He didn't look at the people around. He didn't look at who is watching. He made haste and came down. 
and received him joyfully. Received him joyfully. Amen. Some of you troubles you even to come to church. Some of you, you come to church out of compulsion. You do your quiet time out of compulsion. You read the Bible out of compulsion. But not Zacchaeus. The Bible says he received him joyfully. Are you reading with me? Look. And the next verse, he said, And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Hey, Christians. He's going to be with a man that is a sinner. Verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord. You see, I'm reading a scripture to you. The Bible says, Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. This is true confession. This is a man that is changed. You see, immediately, you see, when Christ comes into your life, the Bible says, Behold, all things are become new. All things are passed away. The old things immediately, when you receive Christ truly, when Jesus Christ comes into your life, you change. I'm telling you, you change. This is a man who loved money. This is a man who valued money. Money was very important to him. But the moment he received Christ, money was nothing to him anymore. He says, half of my goods I give away. I have done all these things many years to acquire all of this. Many people don't like me, but that didn't ca- I didn't care about that. Money was something that is very important to me. But the moment he received Christ, he says, half of my goods I give away. And if anyone, he says, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Now, can you imagine if he's giving back fourfold of what he has taken? It means he's going to be poor. It means that every person who has paid taxes that he has robbed, he's paying this person back times four. And that means he's going to, this is true confession. This is true change. This is what we call that Christ has come into your life. And when Christ comes into your life, you change. You change. See, this young lady here, stand up. Stand up. You see, I can tell you with all certainty that she's changed. She is changed. I've seen her struggling here in the church. She gave her life to Christ about three times. Here in the church, she tries, she comes, and then she will give her life to Christ. And there was no change. She will continue in her lifestyle with her friendship, with all things. And the day that she received Christ, there was a change in her life. A change. And she can feel it, that there's a change in me. There are certain things that I don't feel like liking. I don't feel like doing this. I don't. That's a true confession. That is true change. You may be seated. That is true change. You see, today, Christians, we say we have Christ, but we have not changed. We continue to do the same things we did before we came to Christ. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Certain things become important to you. Certain things matter to you. When you receive, when you receive Christ, 
Truly, when Christ comes into your life, you will change. When Christ comes into your life, you will change. The Bible says, if a man be in Christ, if a man be in Christ, behold, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. Your behavior shows that you have not changed. The way you talk shows that you have not changed. The way you can decide now, I don't talk to you now. The way you can disrespect, it shows that you have not changed. The way you were is the same where you are today. You have not changed. You have not changed. All we need is something to happen and let yourself come. You see, and we do something that you don't like. Then your old self will come again. But that is not true confession. I'm telling you, when Christ comes into your life, the day Christ comes into your life, you will change. You will change. Zacchaeus was a changed man. Zacchaeus was a true representation of a man who has received Christ. And the things that he liked, he realized he didn't like them anymore. The things that made him a notorious sinner, the things that put him in that category. I mean, you are a fornicator before Christ, fornicator when you met Christ, fornicator after Christ. You have no change. You have no change. No guilt in fornication. You just, you see, the tendency for us to sin, it will always be in us. Do you understand? But there will be a spirit in you. There will be a spirit in you that will fight it. Some of you, when you lie, there is no guilt. When you lie, you tell a lie, you don't feel any guilt. It shows that you have not changed. It's a sign that you have not changed. I'm preaching a good message. I'm preaching a good message. If you listen. Because I can tell you with all certainty that when Christ comes into your life, you will change. When Christ comes into your life, certain things are not valuable to you anymore. Certain things are not of value to you anymore. I'm telling you. When Christ comes into your life, you change. Hallelujah. You change. So I will not be surprised one day if I see this young lady standing before a congregation and preaching powerfully. I will not be surprised. I will not be surprised. If he's standing before a congregation and preach confidently about Christ, I will not be surprised. And this is what many people do not understand. This is what even many Christians, many Christians cannot understand. Because the reason why you don't understand is because you have not experienced Christ truly. You have not experienced Christ truly. And so you don't think that a person can really change. That is why you will see someone who is a notorious murderer standing before a congregation and preaching and then you can understand and you say, this person, because of this person, I will never come to the church. Because of that person, I'm leaving the church. If this person is a pastor, then I'm not standing in the church. If this person is this, then I'm not. Because you don't understand that when a person be in Christ, when a man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And all things become new. God is calling you, and no matter what your situation, you too can change. You too can change. You can do the work of God. You can stand before a congregation and preach. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the word of God? Yes. You can, you can stand before a congregation and preach powerfully. 
Amen. And when you don't understand, you cannot receive from certain people. Hallelujah. But I say you can change. I say you can change. People can change. When people come to Christ, they change. Some of you, even your presence in the church, your presence in the church is a liability to God. Do you understand? It's a liability. Because, I mean, people see you, God loses people by looking at you. God will lose members by looking. He say, ah, this person comes to church here, then they will leave. Because they don't understand. They do not understand that notorious as you are, because you are in Christ, you are changed. You are changed. Oh, you don't understand my message. I'm preaching a good word. Amen. So you too can change. I say, I see you changing. I see you changing and taking on the baton that God is handing to you. Hallelujah. You change and be a part of God's great army to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. Hallelujah. So God calls people by their name. God calls people by their name. In um, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, quickly, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, we see God calling Moses. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, it says, And when the Lord saw, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Hallelujah. Here am I. So God called Moses by name. He mentioned his name and called him. You see, it doesn't, you can't say that even your name is complex, so there's no way God can call you. No matter what name they have given you, God will call you. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know your name, but God is calling you. Hallelujah. There's a man called Bezalel in Exodus 31 and verse 2. Exodus 31 and verse 2. Exodus 31 and verse 2. It says, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, describing you in detail. So God is calling you. Martha, God has called you by name. He said, my daughter Martha, I've called you by name. Hallelujah. God is calling you by name. Amen. Amen. Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 4. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 4. We, hear, we see here God calling Samuel by name. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 4. It says, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. Here am I. We see God calling people by name. Ordinary people. God calling them by name. Amen. Acts chapter 9 and verse 4. Concerning Saul's calling. Acts chapter 9 and verse 4. It says, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. 
it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Hallelujah. God calls Saul by name. God calls Saul by name. Hallelujah. And there are others also that God will call them through another man of God. There are others God will call them through another man of God. And you cannot also neglect that calling. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So if your pastor tells you, I need you to help me with this. It is a call of God. Exodus chapter 7 and verse 1. Look at that. Exodus chapter 7 and verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. And Aaron, Aaron, God knows about Aaron. He says, And Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. And so Aaron you can sit there and say, I've never heard God call me. God has not called me, and so I'm not responding. And a real prophet, God has called you through another man of God, and you will neglect it. Sometimes your pastor will choose you and wants you to do something and wants you to play a role, and then you are toiling with it. You are not serious about it. It is a call of God upon you. Well, have you thought about it? Why you? Why not anyone else? Why did the pastor choose me to do this? It is a call of God. Amen. 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 Oh, you don't understand my message. Yeah. So God can call you through another man of God. Hallelujah. The next meaning to be called is to receive mercy. To be called is to receive mercy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. Just let's give you this point and then we can. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. To be called means to receive mercy. It says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we received mercy, we faint not. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. So, to receive a ministry, to be involved in the work of the ministry, it is a show of God's mercy upon your life. Amen. 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 As a pastor, it is just by the mercies of God that I have this ministry. And you must acknowledge that. You must be aware of that. Anything that you are doing in the house of God, you have received mercy. If you are going to evangelize, you have received mercy. Amen. Amen. Even your presence in church today alone is a sign that you have received mercy. You have received great mercy from God. Hallelujah. You think about it. Today you are sitting in church looking nice. Today look at you. You wake up and church is on your mind that you are going to church. And you dress up and you come to church. Hallelujah. So great mercy has been shown you. There's great mercy that has been shown you. And if you want to be aware or be conscious of that mercy, think about the kind of life that you lived before. Look at the kind of life that you lived before. 
Have you not wondered why you didn't even die of HIV? You know the kind of life, certain kind of life that you have lived. Why did you not die from HIV? You could have easily died from HIV. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. You were, you, when you, they said they were going to test you, you were shaking. When they offered you HIV test, be honest, we are in church. Don't lie. Say the truth in your heart. When they told you, they offered you, you thought two times about this. Should I do it or should I not do it? Hey, what if it is positive? You were worried. You thought about it. Because you know that there was a potential for you to be HIV positive. There was a great potential. You look back and certain lifestyle. Hey, this one, this one. Hey, God is be merciful. Hey, you re- sometimes you remember certain situations and then you are shocked that you are alive. One day, a young woman, I was working in a place and I don't know if it's against hip hop. Okay. So one day, <laughs> I was working in a place and it was, um, it was a very, supposed to be a very decent place with educated people only that you see. Really, do you understand? And a young lady came for routine physical exam. And as a part of the physical exam, you offer HIV test. Not only HIV test, but other things. Do you understand? And then we offered her the HIV test. She said, oh, sure. So she did the test, and I was shocked. Myself, when I received the test results. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because you will not associate this person with this type of disease. It was the kind of person that some of you would like to, do you understand? To associate yourselves with. That if I were to bring here, some of you would say, Rev, is this one, can you connect me? Do you understand? <laughs> and then the result came and HIV positive. So now we have to break the news to this young person. And when the person came, she had to be counseled, she has to be talked to, to be prepared for the consequence of knowing the result. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And when she knew about the result, immediately we had to admit her to the psychiatric unit. You know, you, you see, you, God has been merciful to you. God has been merciful to you. God has been really merciful to you. And I got closer, you know, because then I had to offer a lot of counseling and so many things, and I got to know this person very well, and it was just one person, one time. One person, one time. And if you think about your situation alone, not one time, not one person, you can see that God has been really merciful to you. 
God has been really merciful to you. And so today, if it is, he is calling you, he is calling you, look at the mercy that he has shown you and see that God has been merciful to me. I must respond to this call. If I'm alive today, I must do something for God. I must do something for God. It was not long after the person that knew, he, he, she knew, died from HIV. And I'm sorry to say that this person, I have tracked and tracked. I don't know her whereabouts anymore. And it's possible that she may have died. Young person. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. It is the mercies of God. It is the mercies of God. Some people, they are well. They are doing their things. Nothing is wrong. Nothing is happening. And then small pain somewhere. And you say, let me go and take care of this pain. And then the moment, you say, this is an unusual pain. Let's do this. Let's do that. Stage four cancer. Suddenly. And your life is changed. But that will never be your story. I said, that will never be your story. Seeing we have this ministry, you have a ministry. Respond to the ministry because God has shown you mercy. I said, God has shown you mercy. God has shown you mercy. And it's about time you also acknowledge the mercies that God has shown to you and say, I must do something for God. I must do something for God. It's enough time doing things for yourself and being selfish and it's all about you. It's about your job. It's about your career. It's about school. It's about your marriage. It's about your children. It's time, about time that you too, you rise up and say, what can I do for God? What can I do? God has kept me. God has preserved you. You are alive today. You know, sometimes the best way to analyze this is to look at some of your classmates and look at some of your, 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 your own friends, your brothers and your sisters, family members of your age group, sometimes people that you grew up with, and look at your life today and see that God has been merciful to me. God has been merciful to me. And you must do something also for God. You must also do something for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God has been merciful to you. God has shown you mercy. Amen. I think we can pause here. You know, and um, you continue next time we meet. Amen. Yes. God has been merciful to us. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let us bring the service to a close. Why don't you pray? Pray to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. He said, Father, I am sorry that I have not responded to the call. He says, many are called. Many, many, many people are called. Many people are called. But few are chosen. Because many people do not respond. Many people do not hear the call. Many people do not consider themselves as called. Many are called. God has separated you. God has appointed you. God has chosen you. God has shown you mercy. God has shown you grace. Many are called. Many are called. But few are chosen. Oh Lord, have mercy upon us. Whatever the obstacle is, whatever stands in our way, whatever prevents us from serving you, whatever has been a hindrance, whatever has been an obstacle, whatever has been a stumbling block in our lives that prevents us from serving you. 
Lord, let the grace that came upon Zacchaeus to overcome the obstacle to respond to the call in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We are grateful. We are thankful in the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Mashandarama Kabaya. Shinderema Sotebre Yandarama. Kabandoria Satabayandarama. Mikabayandarama. The eyes of God are upon you. The eyes of God are upon you. You are not insignificant in the eyes of God. In the eyes of God, you are not insignificant. God's eyes are on you. God's eyes are on you. Though you may be busy involving yourself in many things and feel like God is not looking at you, but my brother, my sister, God's eyes are on you. God's eyes are on you. He's calling you also. He's calling you. He's calling you. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. God is calling you. God is calling you. God is calling you. He needs many people. There are many that are perishing and God is calling you. have been concerned about your things for so long it has been all about you it's been all about you about your career about your job about your children about your family about your husband oh but God is calling you it's been about your wife God is calling you God is calling you respond in the name of Jesus father today we repent we repent we repent from our sins father separate us separate us in the name of Jesus separate us oh Jesus separate us remove the obstacles any obstacle that stands our way any obstacle that prevents us Lord from heeding to your call from heeding to your call I know oh God that you have called us remove the obstacles that we will come to you in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we thank you Lord we give you glory and honor in the name of Jesus now you are here this afternoon you are not born again you have not given your life to Christ and you are saying pastor pray with me I want to receive Jesus as my Savior I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life if that is your prayer and you are saying pastor I want to come to Jesus if that is you wherever you are just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that you want to give your life to Jesus you want to receive Jesus as your Savior Jesus is calling you you want to receive Jesus lift up your hand and I'll pray with you Lord we are thankful and we are grateful in the name of Jesus we thank you Lord we give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus name amen my god and king we believe you have been blessed with this powerful message come worship with us at kodesh family church located at 1734 williams bridge road bronx new york at 12 p.m. every sunday god bless you i see